It's the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. Here's what the National League West and American League West teams are going to vow to do in 2023. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And as we've been doing to start off this week and this year, really, we're going through New Year's resolutions for different divisions and different teams. This year, National League West and American League West. We're going to start in the National League with the Los Angeles Dodgers. 111 wins to 51 losses last year but lost the NLDS 3-1 to the San Diego Padres. And the New Year's resolution for the Dodgers has to be to hold off, somehow hold off the San Diego Padres while also integrating all of the kids. So a lot of guys have left this team. Trey Turner goes to Philadelphia. Justin Turner goes to Boston. Craig Kimbrell goes to Philadelphia. uh, And... Cody Bellinger goes to the Cubs. So lots of guys subtracted off of this team. And the Dodgers weren't super active in free agency. They brought in Shelby Miller as a relief pitcher. They brought in Noah Syndergaard on a one-year deal. They brought in Jason Hayward on a minor league contract with an invite to spring training. They brought in J.D. Martinez on a one-year deal to DH. And a lot of this comes back to the fallout from the Trevor Bowers suspension and how much money he's supposed to get back after the appeal, after he won his appeal of the suspension and what that would do to the payroll. So we can see that the Dodgers have been pretty good about understanding with the money that's added from his appeal uh, exactly how much they have to spend, and they're committed to staying under the luxury tax level to reset it for a year. Now, don't get me wrong, still an incredibly talented lineup. You still have Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncie batting one through three but you're going to see some changes. Gavin Lux shifts over to shortstop. He was at one point in time a number one prospect in baseball at short, but he's played second and outfield in a lot of different places in the bigs. You're going to see probably to start off, you're going to see Trace Thompson in center field, uh, prospect James Altman playing left with Mookie and Wright still, but plenty of options for the young kids. You're going to bring in Miguel Vargas to play third base. I think you should bring in prospects for second base as well. You're going to bring in some of these young pitchers since you do have Walker Buehler out all year with Tommy John. Um, Since you do have different guys who are out for different reasons or no longer part of the team. And so bringing in the youth, but find a way to hold off the Padres. Because the Padres, 89 and 73, 22 games back, but beat the Dodgers in the postseason. Lost the NLCS 4-1 to the Philadelphia Phillies, who went on to represent the the National League in the World Series. Again, have to feel a little good about that. And then went absolutely bonkers in free agency. They were in on everybody. They were in on Judge. They were in on Trey Turner. Ended up signing Xander Bogarts to an 11-year contract. Uh, Brought in Matt Carpenter on a one-year deal as a DH. Brought in Seth Lugo to... uh, as a pitcher, and so you're looking at a lineup now, especially once they get back Fernando Tatis, where you're going to have Juan Soto, Manny Machado, 
Xander Bogarts, Fernando Tatis, Jake Cronenworth, all in the, you know, Matt Carpenter, all in the same lineup. And so the New Year's resolution for the San Diego Padres has to be, we're going to win the division. We're going to pass the Dodgers, who we can assume are going to take a step back. Now, the difference was 22 games between the Padres and the Dodgers. Do I think the Dodgers are going to be 22 games worse? No, but the Padres have to hope that the Dodgers are a little bit worse and that they're significantly better and they can win the division. The San Francisco Giants, meanwhile, are in a weird place. They won over 100 games in 2021. Last year, 81 and 81, 30 games back. They thought they signed Carlos Correa, had a question in the medicals, ended up not signing Carlos Correa, and he goes to the Mets. Whereas of time of recording this, we're still waiting to figure out if this Mets deal is going to go through or not. And so the San Francisco Giants' New Year's resolution has to be make the playoffs. Like we. We did what we could to bring in talent after it turns out that we lost out on Carlos Correa, whether it's bringing in Sean Manet and Ross Stripling for our rotation. We, we, brought, we brought in relievers. Taylor Rogers is a three, on a three-year deal. We signed Michael Conforto on a two-year deal. And yes, you lost Carlos Rodon. You brought back Jock Peterson. And so the thought process now has to be, for the most part, we have a complete lineup. Now, is Brandon Crawford 35 years old playing shortstop on his final year of team control? Yes, but we have a full lineup right now, including DH with Jock Peterson. We've got an outfield of Haniger, Yastrzemski, Conforto. We've got plenty of options here. Um, a bench of Tommy LaStella and Austin Slater and Lamonte Wade. Like We have a, mostly veterans, but some young guys. We need to make the playoffs this year. Uh, I feel like it's probably going to end up being a wild card versus winning the division, obviously given what the Dodgers and Padres did. But the Giants are just two years removed from beating the Dodgers, having an over 100 wins and making the playoffs. For the Arizona Diamondbacks, talked about this team quite a bit. I love the young talent with the Arizona Diamondbacks, both position player talent and the core. Uh, is coming up. I mean, you're look, look at your outfield. You've got Corbin Carroll. You've got Jake McCarthy. You've got a season of Lords Guriel Jr. You've got Alec Thomas in the minors. Look at the infield. Christian Walker won a gold glove last year at first base. You've got Kettle Marte at second. Uh, third base is Josh Rojas. Nick Ahmed at short isn't an ideal scenario, but you've got a top prospect shortstop. And Jordan Lawler, who was in double A last year and then went to the Arizona Fall League, and you'll probably see him this year. And so what you've got to do now that you know, for the most part, who all of your position players are going to be for a while, especially adding Gabriel Moreno long term at catcher, you've got to figure out the pitching situation. Your rotation right now, Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, Madison Bumgarner. And then after that, a lot of question marks. You're going to start off probably with prospects Ryan Nelson and Dre Jamison in the in the rotation, but you've got to you've got to get these guys comfortable, and you've got to get the next wave of guys in. You got to get Tommy Henry in. You've got to get Brandon Fat in. You've got to get Blake Walston in. You've got to get Slade Sassoni in, and then a little bit farther along, you, I mean, you've got plenty of pitching prospects. A Bryce Jarvis in Double A. You've got plenty of pitching prospects 
Landon Sims is an A-ball. You just have to start to get these guys at the big league level. So I think depending on how the season goes, by either the end of 23 or early 2024, you're looking at three or four of these prospects being in the rotation along with a Merrill Kelly and a Zach Gallen. You're looking at, yes, Nelson, yes, Jamison, but also Brandon Fat, also Blake Walston. And keep in mind, the most likely outcome for any individual prospect is, is they aren't going to make it, but doubly so for pitching prospects. So I know I named like five or six pitching prospects. Just to understand they're not all going to work out. That's just how this works. And that's the part we don't talk about a lot on this show, but understand that's how that works. For the Colorado Rockies, 68-94, 43 games back last year. Totally wild. The goal here, get El Juris Montero and Michael Toglia and Ezekiel Tovar comfortable in the bigs. There is, you have one year of CJ Crone left, and then he is gone. You have one year of Charlie Blackman left, and then he is more than likely gone. And so Ezekiel Tovar came up, he was in for like 14, like two weeks. Last year, he got like 35 late appearances, but uh, get Tovar at short and then Michael Toglia at first, El Haris Montero, probably going to be the first one to get a chance, but he can play first or third and get these guys comfortable because this is the next wave of position player talent. Again, you're losing Crone, you're losing Blackman, Chris Bryant's 31, and as we saw with the back issues last year, wasn't couldn't be counted on for a full season. so. You want to get these guys up and comfortable so that, yes, you may have won 94, lost 94 games last year, but you can start to turn that around as you develop this pitching and start to bring in some of these young guys like Orion Feltner, who got, what, half a year last year? As you start to bring in some of these young pitchers, they have a position player core behind them that is comfortable. In just a minute, I want to get to the American League West, where we've got the reigning World Series champs, uh, and talk about their New Year's resolutions. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all of the latest information, lines, odds, news tidbits, injury updates for every professional amateur league out there. Pro football heading to week 18, and then we're, boom, we're in the postseason. College bowl season, this is the postseason. We have a national championship matchup waiting to go. Uh, Basketball, both the NBA and college are hot and heavy right now. Hockey's going on right now. It's in the graphic, but it's not in the copy, which I always found weird. Talk about hockey too. Hockey fans, there's not a ton of them, but they're incredibly passionate. They've got everything at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because bet online where the game starts. New Year's resolutions for the American League West. We're going to start off with the reigning champion Houston Astros. 106 and 56 last year. Obviously won the World Series four games to two over the Philadelphia Phillies. But the big thing here is run it back. The New Year's resolution is, in essence, run it back. They didn't make a ton of changes. Yuli Gurriel left. They replaced Yuli Gurriel with Jose Abreu. They brought back Michael Brantley. They brought back Rafael Montero. They did lose Christian Vasquez on a three-year deal with the Twins. They did lose Justin Verlander on a two-year, $86 million deal to the Mets. 
but of any team, it feels like the Astros were best suited to lose a player of Justin Verlander's uh, ability and still be fine. So we're running it back now. It would be really nice if while you're running it back, you could work in the young catchers. Martin Maldonado, your starting catcher, 36 years old, but last year, 186, 248, 352 with 15 home runs. Offensively, he's not going to cut it. And so the goal now, work in Corey Lee, work in Yanye Diaz, so that after this final year of Martin Maldonado's team, uh, contract, you, you're not required to re-sign him just to have a competent option behind the plate because you've got both Corey Lee and Yanye Diaz and you took the time to get them plenty of starts, get them plenty of at-bats during the season, and you're comfortable with what they can do at the big league level. Uh, Seattle Mariners, 90-72, and 72, lost the ALDS 3-0 to Houston, but won the wild card round and had the first home game in Seattle history since like what 1999 wild so goal here make it back to the playoffs uh you saw did a lot of stuff brought in a lot uh, brought in some guys traded for Colton Wong from the Brewers sent out Jesse Winker and Abraham Toro to do it uh, but for the most part it was Guys leaving with the assumption of we're going to make strategic replacements where we need to. So like Adam Frazier went to Baltimore on a one-year deal. Carlos Santana, who they traded for from Kansas City, went to the Pirates on a one-year deal. Mitch Hanniger went to the Giants on a three-year deal. Kurt Casale, the catcher, went to, went to Cincinnati. Starting pitcher Matthew Boyd went to Detroit. But you go out there, you bring in some replacements. Again, Colton Wong for second base. Uh, count on some growth from some guys. Uh, the if Jared Kalinick's going to break out, it's going to have to be this year, right? <laughs> like, but knowing that you have a Julio Rodriguez in center field, uh, you traded for Teoscar Hernandez in right field, and you you traded with Arizona to get Cooper Hummel, who can both catch and play in the outfield, so he can back up Cal Rally, who was a revelation last year at catcher, and give you some depth in the outfield. You've still got some of the young guys, a Taylor Trammell, a Sam Haggerty. You've still got these guys. And then in the rotation, you successfully integrated youngster George Kirby. And then to go along with that, you have other prominent prospects like a Taylor Dollard or an Emerson Hancock that you can, have, you can bring up and have them pitch meaningful innings this year. So the goal is to... You, for the most part, you've replaced the guys you've lost. The goal is to improve enough to still make the playoffs. Probably not going to catch the Astros, but can definitely contend for a wild card and go back to the playoffs. Los Angeles Angels. New Year's resolution here. Do whatever is required to keep Shohei Otani. It feels like that's going to be make the playoffs. Like You're going to have to do that. He Shohei is not known for being outspoken or negative and things like that, but he did make some comments to Japanese media that uh, losing's not fun. And so of the major free agents that this team had, the only one you really lost was Michael Lorenzen, who signed a one-year deal with Detroit. But you brought in plenty of guys. You traded for Hunter Renfro to play right field. You brought in Brandon Drury from the Padres uh, as a free agent who can play a lot of different places across the diamond. You traded for Gio Urshela back in November. You, you, you signed 
Tyler Anderson away from the Dodgers. And I believe he had a qualifying offer. So you had to give up a draft pick to do it. Doing absolutely everything you can do to put up a competitive team around Shohei Otani. He's going to be your everyday DH. You want to get Mike Trout back to the playoffs. He went once in his first year and never again. I feel like a lot of it's going to count on some, some health. You need Anthony Rendon to come back and be healthy. You need Jared Walsh to come back from thoracic outlet surgery and be healthy. And then you've, you've got to figure out, you traded for Renfro, so you have an outfield of Ward, Renfro, and Trout, which is good because you were tired of having to try to figure out, piece together the outfield. You traded for Mickey Moniak in August from Philadelphia, trying to make it work. Logan Ohapi went and got him from the, from the Phillies, made him your starting catcher, expecting big things from him. But you got to do whatever it takes to keep Shohei Otani in Los Angeles. The Texas Rangers spent a ton of money for the second consecutive year in free agency. Last year, they went and dropped half a billion dollars combined on Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager to play second base and shortstop. This year, you see them go out and you spent the money on Jacob deGrom and Nathan Eovaldi and Andrew Heaney in the rotation. And Oh, and gave a qualifying offer to Martin Perez and he came back and took that deal. And so your rotation, every single person in your rotation was added some point in time after November 2021, you have completely remade this rotation. Jacob DeGrom, obviously free agent. Martin Perez, you originally signed him in March 2022 from Boston. John Gray, you signed him in November 2021. And then Eovaldi and Heaney were both December 2022. Uh, you're going to promote a prospect, Josh Young, to be your starting third baseman. He would have opened the year as your starting third baseman were it not for, for uh, a fluke injury. Wasn't able to come up to the very end of the year. Uh, you still have questions in the outfield. Adolis Garcia in right or in center. Leody Tavares in right or in center. Uh, as of right now, it kind of feels like you're looking at either a Butch Thompson or a miscast Josh Smith as your outfielder. But there's a lot of position player talent that is now trapped in the high minors behind that foursome in the infield of Young, Simeon, Seager, and Nathaniel Lowe. So... Lots of trade options you can make. But after spending all this money, you got to go to the playoffs. It's probably going to be a wild card. You finished 68-94, 38 games back. A lot of that felt like it was the pitching. That's why you see such an investment in bringing in an Eovaldi, a Haney, obviously the big investment in Jacob deGrom. Goal here is to make the playoffs. And then the last team in the American League West, and pretty much in baseball, is the Oakland Athletics. 60 and 102 last year, 46 games back. And it's kind of weird. The, 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 the Oakland Athletics aren't used to being bad. They're used to not spending money, but they were pretty successful at being good until these last couple of years. And so uh, you, and you see that what they've done is they've continued to move guys out of the team. Sean Murphy gets traded to Atlanta. They promptly signed him to one of those, you know, 12-year, $33, not million, just $33 contracts. But uh, moving him out got you Esteri Ruiz, who was going to take over Christian Pache's role as the center fielder with the questionable bat. Uh, you brought in Manny Pena to be your backup catcher to Shea Langoliers, who you got in the last Braves trade, the one with Matt Olson. Uh, but the goal here is to just let as many of the kids play as possible. That is the New Year's resolution is let the kids play. Shay Langoliers will get an entire season. You're going to see something like a Connor Capel in left field. Right now you have Ramon Laureano 
and right field. You'll probably keep him until he's out of contractual control, but Asturi Ruiz should be your starting center fielder. And then uh, pitching-wise, Ken Waldachuk, you got him last year. Uh, he got, I want to say he got maybe seven games of starting experience, uh, just under 35 innings. He is going to be a starter all year. You've got a lot of higher level prospects that are working their way in. Tyler Soderstrom, uh, catcher, can play first base as well. He's a non-roster invitee to spring training this upcoming year. I fully expect Seth Brown could be on the move. 31-year-old Seth Brown. He's got a year before team control, hit 25 home runs last year. Might be a guy they move and give that job to Tyler Soderstrom. Zach Geloff is a fantastic option. Uh, second rounder in 2021. I expect sooner rather than later, he'll be the third baseman. Uh, he was, he's a non-roster invitee, but he went to the Arizona Fall League to get a little extra seasoning there. When you look at the outfield, you have a ton of options like a Lawrence Butler guy, another guy, went to the Arizona Fall League, can play first base or outfield, got a little bit of service time, didn't get any games, but was called up a little bit. Um, didn't, you know, again, didn't get to play, but was called up. And then pitching, tons of young pitching. Kyle Muller, Luis Medina, Freddie Tarnock, lots of guys, J.P. Sears, lots of guys that need to get up, need to get into games, and need to be comfortable because behind them, you have another wave of pitching prospects. Dalton Jeffries, although he's injured, J.T. Ginn, Ryan Cusick, Joey Estes. Behind them, another wave of pitching prospects. Gunnar Hogland. Roybert Salinas, and yes, pitching prospects are more likely to not work out than any other position. It's fine that you have this many. You have this many so that you can figure out who is going to work out and who is not. And so the main goal, the New Year's resolution for the Oakland A's in 2023 is let these young pitchers pitch. Let the kids play. In just a minute, I want to get to the most likely Rookie of the Year vote-getters for each team in the National League West and American League West right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So looking at the National League West and the American League West, trying to figure out which of these youngsters is going to be most likely to get Rookie of the Year votes. For the Dodgers, I feel pretty confident in third baseman Miguel Vargas. There's not a lot of positions on this team where there is a slam-dunk top prospect waiting to go into an open slot. Max Muncy has the versatility of playing first, second, and third. Obviously, you have Freddie Freeman, but it feels like they'll put Muncy at second because of the arm strength issues. Vargas has a chance to come up, play third base all year. Uh, he can hit in the bottom of the lineup. He has plenty of protection because you have such a great lineup. He doesn't have to carry this team, and I, but I feel like he's going to be able to produce well enough to get votes. When you look at the San Diego Padres, that's a lot tougher. Because they just, this is the joke, they don't have a lot of prospects. They have moved a lot of guys out. Uh, when I'm kind of looking at this, the two guys that I think about, uh, catcher Luis Campusano, I don't believe has rookie eligibility. I like him a lot. He's the number two to Austin Nola, but I don't think he's eligible for rookie of the year. So I'm going to go with infielder Eggy Rosario. Utility guy, can play just about anywhere in the on the field. We heard about him a lot when we talked to Tim Haggerty of this of the uh, of the El Paso Chihuahuas, the AAA team, heard a lot. Him talk a lot of great stuff about Eggy Rosario. There's, there's a possibility left-hand pitcher Jake Groom gets a chance to to work either in the rotation or in relief and makes an impact. But I feel like it's going to be Eggy Rosario for the San Francisco Giants. 
a lot of your position players seem to be set, and it's going to be a pitcher, and I'm down to two. It could be uh, right-hand pitcher Sam Helley, or it could be left-hand pitcher Kyle Harrison. Either way, I feel like it's going to be a pitcher. It depends on whichever one cam- comes up and plays better to open the season and, and, and kind of holds down that spot, solidifies their spot. But I feel like it's going to be one of those starting pitchers. For the Arizona Diamondbacks, slam dunk, absolutely not a doubt. Probably your favorite for National League Rookie of the Year in general, outfielder Corbin Carroll. Came up last year, got plenty of time, but not enough to lose, lose rookie eligibility. 115 at-bats over like 38 days, 260, 330, Four home runs, uh, two stolen bases. And just feels like he is he's going to be your starting center fielder. If you need to rest his legs, you have Jake McCarthy, who can also play center field. You have Alec Thomas, who can also play center field. So you have plenty of options where he's not going to get overworked. but And he's not going to have to do too much running because you have such a high caliber defender next to him in right field and Jake McCarthy or Alec Thomas. But he's going to have an opportunity to lead off on this team. and. Just one of the top prospects in all of baseball. I want to say number four, number five prospect in all of baseball right now. Uh, definitely worth it and going to be a future stud. My favorite for rookie of the year in general. For the Rockies, it's going to be one of those guys we mentioned in their resolution of getting Montero, Taglia, and Tovar comfortable. It's either going to be Elhuris Montero or Ezekiel Tovar. My heart says Ezekiel Tovar. I enjoy watching him play shortstop. I want to think it's going to be him. My head says Elhuris Montero, provided he gets enough playtime, can rack up a lot of counting stats, especially home runs in Coors Field. And so I'm down to those two guys. Again, I love watching Ezekiel Tovar. I feel like he has a little bit of a bigger path to making an impact simply because defense isn't valued as highly by Rookie of the Year voters as stupid-looking counting stats like home runs are, and so I feel like Montero has a better shot of doing that. When it comes to the American League West, a couple of these seem like pretty slam dunks as well. For the Astros, right-hand pitcher Hunter Brown. I know I talked about the two catchers, Corey Lear, Yanye Diaz, but Hunter Brown feels like a perfect pitcher to come in and replace Justin, or not replace, but take the spot of Justin Verlander because he grew up in Michigan idolizing Detroit Tigers pitcher Justin Verlander and modeled a lot of his game off of Justin Verlander. Does a lot of the similar things. And when he got his, he came up at the end of last year, got a couple starts, moved to the bullpen for the stretch run and for the playoffs, and was absolutely lights out. It feels like he is absolutely ready to come in and play a big part for the Houston Astros in 2023. And the best part is they have enough pitching where they're not counting on him to carry that rotation. So there should be less pressure on him. They've got, they've still got Framber Valdez and Christian Javier and Lance McCullers and Luis Garcia and Jose. They still have all five of those guys. And so Hunter Brown can come in. You can start off with a six man rotation if you want. And wait for somebody to get hurt and then call him up. But either way, Hunter Brown feels like like for a number five starter, there's a lot worse options you can do than Hunter Brown as a number five. So feel really good about that. And then as Lance McCullers 
Once that contract comes up, it feels like Hunter Brown is going to slot right into that spot. For the Seattle Mariners, it's going to be a pitcher. I mentioned them in their segment when we talked about it, but it's going to be Taylor Dollard. It's going to be Emerson Hancock. One of those two. Dollard looked good in the AFL, got some end of the year awards for, uh, from minor league baseball as far as being good in the minors, I think specifically at Arkansas. Uh, I like what both of these guys do. It's going to be one of these guys getting rookie of the year votes. That there's not just there's not a ton of position player talent who I expect to have starting roles on this team and get extended playtime as of now. Obviously, injuries can change a lot of things, but I I'm confident in both of these pitchers. Again, my my the logical choice is Emerson Hancock, but I do want to plant my flag and say Taylor Dollard can have that kind of performance if everything breaks right as well. For the Texas Rangers, again. Feels pretty obvious. Third baseman Josh Young is going to be the starting third baseman on opening day. And barring another injury, will keep that job all year. Feels like he will, again, have plenty of opportunities to rack up counting stats. Will give you above average defense. And will do well with this Seager, Simeon, Nate Lowe infield. So that feels obvious, but I am going to throw out a second name in Josh Smith. I talked about him kind of being miscast as the left fielder. He's an infielder by trade. Was part of the 2021 July trade with the Yankees that I believe where they sent Joey Gallo. But can play just about anywhere. And so he's that utility type, kind of like Brad Miller, who's on this same roster, where uh, he can play just about any position. Now, his counting stats weren't great last year. I want to say it was like 197, 307, 249. But Josh Smith can play anywhere on the lineup, and if he can find a spark on offense, I feel like you absolutely could see him do well and potentially get some votes, but money's on Josh Young. And then for the Oakland A's, it's going to be one of the youngsters. Probably going to be Zach Geloff or Stiri Ruiz. Either way, it, you know, it's going to be one of those young guys, maybe a Ken Waldachuk, if he has a good season, throwing to Shea Langoliers all year. But either way, I expect it to be one of those young position players, simply because they're going to let the kids play. Thank you for making Lockdown and Movie Prospects your first listen today. We are uh, excited to be back tomorrow with new, fresh episodes. But in the meantime, make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anybody else with our local and national experts and insiders. The Locked On Sports Today podcast is available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Reminder, if you have questions for the show, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked On Farm. You can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com, or drop your questions in the new Locked On MLB Prospects Discord. The link is in the show notes, is in the episode description. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked On MLB Prospects. <laughs>